Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, we are back. Christian and I are just sitting here having a conversation because obviously when you're listening to this, it'll be a a little bit past this day. But if you are a Swifty, did you know that she's re-recording all of her original albums because Scooter Man owns them? Okay, so she dropped Fearless last night. And so good. You know how songs just take you back to a place. Mm-hmm. I have Where'd you go back to? Oh, I went back to, I think, let me look up what year it came out. So I have accurate information. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say seventh grade, 2008. So I was in like eighth grade, probably. Mm. It took me back to literally being with my friends and singing these songs, like blaring at the top of our lungs, but then also me like being in my room listening to them and like whatever eighth grade boyfriend I had that week, like thinking it was so deeply about that Wait, person. Wait, did you jump around in relationships? Oh my gosh, oh, yes. Samantha. Yes, I, I was always like talking that. to a guy. Mm, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I listened to the album. I just remember I could drive when that album came mm-hmm. out, I'm pretty sure, because mm-hmm. I'm a few years Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was like getting my permit. For sure. Then. Yeah. And I remember like driving around, like blaring mm-hmm. it. I also had curly hair. So I felt like we kind of like looked similar, Ooh. like with our curly hair. So, yes. Ugh. I'm not as big of a Swifty as you are. That's okay. Really at but all. I do think some of you out there will relate to this with me. And you probably have been listening to it all morning, like me. And just like, bl- I literally was listening to it while I was getting ready and like singing it to Justin. And he was like, Wait, So, what other songs has she already re re released? What other albums? Yes. Um, she re-released Red, I believe. Yeah. Or did okay. she really release Speak Now? Okay. We don't have to keep talking about it. I don't know, it. but I did listen to those, and I was like, honestly, it is pretty cool. Like, it's cool that she's, you know. Yeah. She's taking like, back re-recording. Her... Yeah, taking back. I was going to say not overcoming, but yeah. Okay. So, cool. I don't know. Anyways, talking about. I don't really know how I can segue this, but we are going to be talking about how to love hard people today. And even back in those seventh, eighth grade years, I'm sure there were some hard people that we were called to love. (laughs) That's not, that's not a good connector. I mean. It's a stretch, but that's okay. Okay. You're right. It's a stretch, but we all throughout our whole lives have had Mm -hmm. relationships that feel difficult and some even maybe it's like a sibling relationship. We're literally required to still be in some sort of relationship with that person. And sometimes it just feels really hard. And like, what does God say about that? How are we supposed to navigate that? What can it look like in a practical way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Samantha and I were brainstorming, even just like what to talk about on our next episode, we were like, let's talk about hard people because mm-hmm. we it is a thing that we can all connect on. We all, for sure, as you're listening, you can identify, I'm sure, several hard people in your life that are just hard to love, maybe hard to be around, hard to share life with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I think sometimes the Lord brings those people into our lives to grow and change and stretch us in a way to have to show love and grace in a way that is uncomfortable for us. Yeah. So yeah, we thought it would be something that we all can identify with and for sure need support and help with. Yeah. I think it's kind of stood out to me lately because 
our culture has this sentiment a little bit of like, okay, if this person isn't serving you or that relationship isn't making you happy, end it. Like it should be over. And I've really lately, maybe it's kind of coming out of this COVID world where you didn't have to see a lot of people Mm -hmm. or you couldn't see people really at all. I'm hearing a lot of my friends, even, I wouldn't even just say even, maybe even especially my Christian friends talk Mm -hmm. about how they just are annoyed by this or that person or just really can't deal with these hard relationships. And it can be easy as you're listening to a friend talk like that and kind of agree and be like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you have a lot of kids, you have a lot going on that that you shouldn't have to use your energy on that relationship that's hard. But then as you step back, you're like, that is the exact opposite of how we are called to live as mm-hmm. Christian women, Christians in general. And it's starting to make me a little bit sad because I'm sitting here thinking if we only are in relationship with people that are easy to be around for us, maybe that kind of always make us feel good inside when we leave, how are we growing? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, who's pushing us to be better? How are we having to extend love to someone who probably really needs it? We're really living in our comfort. And I don't think that's how we're called to live at all. Yeah. I think really it comes down to we're really making every relationship that we have and every interaction we have about us. And we're trying to serve our own comforts and desires in what those relationships look like. So, you know, we're saying, Yeah, I hear friends and even I've even said it myself. I've said like, I don't want to spend time with that person because they're not easy or I don't want to spend time with that person because they don't make me feel good or they're hard or they're overwhelming. And again, I'm making it about myself. And so as Christians, we are called to love people in the character of like Christ and he would extend grace. He surrounded himself with hard people all the time. Mm -hmm. And so how what does that look like for us? You and I were even sitting here trying to think of examples of what to share, what that looked like. We wanted to share some personal stories about how we love hard people. And we just really want to be vulnerable with you guys that we sat back and said, we don't think we should share these because they're really intimate. We have relationships and people in our lives that are hard to love. And we do have to stretch stretch and extend in ways that are not easy for us. Mm -hmm. But we just didn't feel like it was appropriate to share those here. But we wanted to encourage you guys and each other in some actual like practicalities of what it looks like also to love hard people. Yeah. And I think I'll add to, you know, we're not sitting here saying that if there is a relationship that you're in that is really like emotionally unhealthy or, you know, if there is someone who is just like outright not good to you at all or not a person that should be in your life. We're not sitting here saying that you need to like be best friends with that person and still try to like love them through them really, I don't know, verbally abusing you or something. There's obviously situations where it would be the right choice to kind of distance yourself from certain relationships. And we're also not saying you need to spend every Friday, Saturday night with this really hard person. We're just saying that you shouldn't count people out and you should still try to make time for them, even though it's not going to be your first inclination to want to like spend your precious free time with that person. Like you're still kind of required, I think, in a biblical sense to make space for that person in your life. And that's what if you do call yourself a Christ follower and if you have chosen to dedicate your life to following him and becoming more like him, then in all reality, it's a good perspective to wake up every day remembering and even like almost reciting to yourself that like you actually lost your life when you chose to follow Jesus. 
that we lost what we wanted and our own desires and our own agenda when we chose to say, no, God, like you have the better plan for our lives. Like, you know who should come into my life, who should stay in my life, who should leave in my life. And so some of those practicalities also just look like about being prayerful in your time with these people. I do have some people who I have to, before I hang out with them or before or after, but mainly like before I spend time with them, I do spend some time in prayer. If that's, you know, even just on my drive to meet them, I say like, Lord, like, please use Give my heart and mind grace and understanding for them. We don't know everything that all people are going through all of the time. And so it's a good way for even us to just humble ourselves and also the posture of grace that we can extend to them. Yeah, I think the people that we come across in life that do seem to be more difficult at times, I think when you peel back the layers, they often are people that are walking through something really deep that might be a more hidden thing that they're struggling with or, you know, just have a lot of insecurities in themselves that kind of can bring out other weird like outward tendencies of maybe, I don't know, for me, sometimes that could even look like someone that tends to gossip a lot in our time together or can just like want to tear others down like that can be hard to engage with, especially if you're trying to fight not participating in that kind of talk. But oftentimes, if you look deeper, like those people are really struggling with their own insecurities and things. And so it kind of helps to view them as someone told me once, like, it sounds so simple, but it is good to remind yourselves of this with people is that like God made that person, like that difficult person, God made them. He made them perfectly just like he made you and he made them intentionally. And when we can view them like that, it helps to be able to love them. Well, yeah, I was even just thinking through why do I think some of these people are hard? And it is a good reminder to think through that, like, yeah, God did make them uniquely, although we're all broken people, because sin is a reality of the world that we live in, that we all have tendencies that maybe I could find annoying, but like God created them with maybe like these desires or hopes or dreams, or maybe they talk about a topic that I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, why are we talking about this Mm -hmm. one more time? But really like maybe God pressed that issue on their heart and that's maybe like a mission or a something that he wanted them to be mindful of or be able to be passionate about. And so also just respecting that, like you said, I think a lot of times I think we can all say that when I feel my most broken or my most hurt or sad or hard or when I feel like in a bad place, I also think that's the time that I can feel God a lot Mm -hmm. and I can feel him surrounding me. And so those friends or those people who have come alongside me and walked with me in those hard times when I know I'm not being a pleasant person. I'm probably being really annoying to them. I think that is showing what God would do in those situations and how he would show love and show acceptance and show, I don't know, just like extend time and love to that person who is actually in the time being really difficult and painful. Yeah. What's another practical thing we can do? I think one of them is also just being patient with them and giving grace. Again, these sound like pretty cliche things, but also just accepting a posture of patience when you spend time with them that we, I hope we can all say that, you know, admittedly, we have all been hard people ourselves. And so we can also be patient because we know we could be in the same place in that time. God might be using you in that hard relationship to be an example of how a different kind of 
pattern of talk could look like in friendship or just to kind of maybe not call them out, but maybe in those conversations, if they do start down a path of something that is hard to listen to, maybe it's complaining or just a habit of grumbling about life. Maybe God wants you to be the one to kind of insert a little bit of like hope or even just remind them that, hey, we're actually called to look more into I don't know, just a positive light of how we view life or hardship. And so that might be, you actually might be specifically placed in that person's life for a reason. Yeah. And I think another thing we can do is like use emotional intelligence. I think a lot of times, you know, I like love studying actually about EQs and just like learning more about them. But I think as Christians, we are called to be really in tune with other people's emotions. And we are called to ask questions and learn more about them. And so that's just also part of just being a smart person emotionally. So like when I walk into a situation with someone or, you know, sometimes the hardest people to love are the people closest to us. So maybe this could be my husband or my coworker that I work with every single day or whatever that may be. Those are sometimes the hardest people for me to love. And what I can do, something I can take on is just having intelligence about their emotions. You know, maybe reading the room when I come in to just see kind of like where they are at that day, maybe asking questions or maybe just saying, you know, giving an encouraging note or an encouraging message when you see them for the first time that day, things like that, that maybe can change their emotional tone a little bit when you are around them to also, again, extend love and extend care again, while they are being just a really hard person to be around. Is there anything else you just feel like practically we could be doing? I mean, again, I feel like we've said it multiple times, but I think we can for sure just be taking on a posture of vulnerability and humility and forgiveness all the time. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to say, yeah, I have a lot of hard people in my life that I have to love. But reality is like, you're also a hard person to someone. Yeah. (laughs) And as hard as that is to admit sometimes, I think as Christ followers, we are to take on the character of him and his character is humble and his character is full of forgiveness and his character is full of love and full of grace. And so when you're thinking about these hard people, I strongly encourage you to pray for them and to ask God for these attributes to be shown through you in your time with them. I don't know. I think I kind of want to give a little takeaway challenge of just, I don't know, we all, as we're hearing this or thinking of certain people, maybe it's a girl in your small group that really just like gets to you every week, or maybe it's a girl in your friend group that you have never wanted to hang out with individually because you just feel like she's so different than me. I don't know. I just feel that I hear that a lot. It's like, okay, but don't you want to learn something that's different? Like, don't you want to be challenged in the way that you think? Or don't you even just want to be able to like get insight on why someone does what they do? I don't know. I'm going to challenge everyone. Invite that girl to coffee or make a play date with the girl that you normally wouldn't and see, pray before your time and see if God uses that in some way in your life or in theirs. I think that when I've been challenged to do things like that, I'm always really surprised at how, I don't know, how much I can just view things differently when I open my mind to a different perspective beforehand versus coming in with my preconceived notions about a person and placing that judgment on them during our time together. When we are more open-handed with it, we're able to take a lot more away from it and see them, as I was saying earlier, like as God's child and point out the best in them. 
sometimes we kind of tend to just pick apart the worst, but every person has really redeeming qualities. And if you tend to focus on those, you're going to see that person in a really different light than focusing on their negative. Yeah, I think that reminds me of one of the things that my husband and I learned in premarital counseling. They said, always assume that the other person has the best intentions, that like I married a good intentioned person. And I think that is such an awesome thing that we could apply to friendships because we could all give the other person the best, you know, believe that they have the best intentions. And although some of those things may be really hard for us to be around or hear or talk with them with, I think if we can assume that they do have the best intentions and they're also trying and learning and growing in their relationships and community. And so we can, again, extend that to them to love them well. Yep. This was a really good conversation and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.